So here's the thing. With Grace and Carly and it's season two. We have been able to do all this thanks to this free app called Anchor. We use their creation tools to create our podcast just how we want it. And then it does all the work distributing it to places like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. And we make money. That's right, folks. You two can talk into the oblivion and get paid to do it. So no matter the size of your following, even if you still only have those 12 listeners. Or if you're mega famous like us. Well, more or less. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on your very own podcast. Hello! Hello! And welcome back to So Here's the Thing. With Grace and Carly. We are so happy that you returned to listen to us yammer on again. And thank you to all the people who followed us these past couple weeks. Thank you so much. We've had a few of you guys pop around and some comments and some interactions. We love that. We're like almost real now (laughs) yeah we're basically super famous so thank you for uh kickstarting us (laughs) you guys at the beginning we're ready but today what are we doing today grace oh today we're gonna have even more fun because i feel like (laughs) with everything going on in the world right now we need a little absolute fluff with like just just a dash, just a little, a little sprinkle of serious. Would it be so? Here's the thing: if that's not, it's if it didn't have a little dash of serious. Absolutely true. Everything has a little splash of serious. At to least it. now, re- recently, We've, we're we're finding our 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 place in the world. Finding our stride. Um, this week. So niche. <laughs> Actually, it's very niche, and I like... apologize, but not really. It's really it's a quick watch if you need the reference <laughs> not material. Not a quick watch. <laughs> so it's yeah, but you zoom through it. <laughs> so um, I should explain. No, nah, let's just keep talking. A couple vaguely. weeks ago, well, like a week and a half ago, we watched the Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel documentary on Netflix. So if you haven't watched that. And you have any desire to, like, not have it spoiled for you and, like, go enjoy it, then pause this right now, go watch it, and then come back. Because we are going to talk about it and we absolutely are going to spoil a bunch of stuff for you. Because it's written weird. (laughs) So it's written very weird. We uh, we sat and we watched the whole thing in one night because I just put it on because I was feeling like some true crime. And there's a lot of really interesting things about this particular (laughs) true crime documentary um it made me very mad and so it made (laughs) me want to talk about it um first and foremost because as some of you know i i work at a shelter for unhoused folks in the community and the way they talk about the skid row population in los angeles the skid row homeless population is like, they do address some of the the structural issues there, but at the same time, they also use the homeless population to set a tone of, like, unease throughout yeah. the whole documentary. And I'm like, well, you're undermining any of your work educating people about this, because now all you're doing is, like, saying, oh, homeless people live on Skid Row, so be afraid of Skid Row, because homeless people, <laughs> whoa! They definitely use it through, like, the whole series, and then in the last, like, ten minutes, they're like, it wasn't the homeless people's fault. And the end. Like, and oh we're my like, God, what? then why did you bring why them did, up? Why did we have this conversation? Oh, Jesus Why Christ. did you frame them? Which is going to be a lot of, why did you frame these people? Literally. <laughs> it's kind of what our podcast is going to be. And I, just... I, I bring that up first and foremost, <laughs> because when I, and this also comes with working with the unhoused population, because there's definitely a lot of mental health issues amongst that particular crowd. I... I was watching some of the initial clips in the video and I I said something to Carly to the mm. extent of like oh yeah it kind of looks like or or they they said something about Elisa Lamb who is the girl who disappeared from the Cecil Hotel um this is the premise of the documentary um they said that she had bipolar disorder but then they they showed her acting weird in an elevator I'm like actually that's that's not super weird for a person who has bipolar disorder uh, and perhaps psychotic tendencies who's unmedicated. 
Yeah. And then, big spoiler alert, they go through all of these conspiracy theories and scenarios to say at the very end that that is exactly what caused her death at the end of the day. Is the fact that she was not taking her medication and she got into an extremely paranoid state. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. I called it and then you led me down a bunch of irresponsible rabbit holes. But what we found along the way, I think, is is even more interesting and, and it makes it even worse as a documentary, but it also makes it much more fun to pick apart. Um, and I, I should say this also at the beginning is that I... Mental health is nothing to laugh about. What what happened to Elisa Lam is absolutely awful. Yes. And the fact that this documentary is kind of making, not light, but sensationalizing oh, absolutely. this person's struggle with mental health and, and their horrific death caused by an extreme state of, of paranoia is not funny. It's actually... It, Kind of mean. The whole documentary, it it had the opportunity to be something. It had the opportunity to be many, many different documentaries. Right. And some that would have done a lot of good. Mm-hmm. And there is there is a documentary in that in this story about mental health and we could have talked about that and unpacked that, but they absolutely did not they go down any, do of any of these roles. They're There's... like, what if, dot, 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 we made a trash documentary right. and we we're just like, what if we just exploded every conspiracy theory out there and like talk about murders that absolutely have nothing to do with this story just because we don't want to talk about mental health. Exactly. We don't want to talk about mental health. It would, would have been a good opportunity to then talk about how, you know, Elisa Lam was... A, a, a well-loved and, and middle-class young woman who is very easy to sort of feel sympathy for, but the way that she died is the way that many people who live on Skid Row die, and people don't make documentaries about them because it's not glamorous and it's not sensational. And that's, frankly, a problem. But what we're doing today... <laughs> For the most part, and we'll also, we'll get a little bit more into, like, the serious problems with this documentary as well, but mostly what we're here to do today is to absolutely (laughs) rip apart this documentary because the people that they interviewed when they were working through these conspiracy theories, I swear to God... They're so guilty! They're so guilty! And I knew from the beginning of this documentary that nobody killed her, that it was actually just an episode of extreme paranoia that ended up causing her death. But, oh my God, I still think these people are somehow involved because they act so guilty. Because the way that they were filmed makes them look so guilty. The filming angles, the way that they act and talk, the underscores, the music. Are so, like, they just look like they're hiding something. And I'm like, how did you even get them? These are not actors. They're like real people. How did you get them to do that if they're not actually hiding something? So that's what we're going to rip apart today, because that was one of the craziest things about this documentary, is I'm like, I got to the end, and I'm like, I know that nobody killed Elisa Lamb, and I still think there's three people who might have done it. Three people are very guilty. So, I guess without further ado... Who are these Who are these people? Who, people? who do we want to start with? I feel like um, we shouldn't start with the top no, of our no. list. No, let's, no, let's start with the... Um... The hotel manager. Let's okay. do that one. Okay, so... Oh, wait. My disclaimer. I didn't disclaimer. bother to learn anybody's name. <laughs> I will just be referring to these people as their job titles. So if you are offended or if you care, listen to Grace. She knows names. <laughs> I will absolutely be like, oh, that one person. Oh, the manager at the hotel. So the manager Her... at the time of this Yes, case. she's no longer the manager at the Cecil Hotel, which is also entitled Stay on Main, which is another weird thing that they did is like they tried to gentrify half of the hotel. <laughs> like, okay, that I don't know how nobody thought that was a bad idea when they, but whatever. I also love that nobody could pronounce Cecil. It was Cecil, Cecil. Cecil, Chechel. Chechel. <laughs> and just to call back to our last episode and like, be like, what? Oh my god, Cecil. It's Cecil not hard. Hotel. It's just the Cecil Hotel. I'm going to say it wrong throughout um, this part, guys. This woman's name is Amy Price, 
And I, you know what? First and foremost, hats off to these people. This is a traumatic time and I'm sure all of these people's lives. So hats off to them for, you know, being able to open up about it for this documentary. And yet at the same time, oh my God, Amy Price does not blink. Does not blink. <laughs> She's fucking once in this blink. entire series. And she's just like, I don't know, like, some some crazy stuff happened at my hotel. One of the lines, she's like, oh, we when we found the body, I called my mom before I she called, called the police. And it's, listen, <laughs> I understand if you, if you're from a community where, like, the police are, like, like you wouldn't be the first to call the police because you know that the police are not really there to help you. Because yeah. there are communities that the police are really, really not friendly to. Absolutely. And I totally understand that, where, like, the police might not be your first call there. Mm-hmm. But this is a young, younger, blonde, blue-eyed white woman. <laughs> who's rich and owns a hotel. Who's wealthy. Well, well, she doesn't own a hotel, hotel, but she, she managed well this hotel. She has at least some money. I'm like, why? you call your mom it wasn't even just like oh i called my mom i called the police it was like oh no i had to call my mom I had before call i called the police first. the way she said it too and it's and, and this is guilty. where i think it's weird too because if it was a personal crisis for you mm-hmm. I, if a family member or, or like a oh, roommate yeah. you found like a roommate mm-hmm. dead or something or like a best friend oh that's so sad don't say that. i know that's devastating <laughs> and i really hope that never happens to me or anyone i care about mm-hmm. but if that happens i i would get like yeah, I, you call your mom first, maybe, because you need something to, like, stabilize you in that moment. And, mm-hmm. and you need to tell someone who is emotionally invested in you. But this, while I do still think definitely traumatic to oh, find a oh dead my body. God. Oh, my God. She was face up. She, yeah, to... she was face oh up. My and God. she had been in the water tank for, for like, two weeks. Two weeks. gross. But, <laughs> but, but Amy, Amy was not... The person who found her. Amy wasn't no. looking at the dead body. Amy had received a, a call or someone came up to Do her. Do we not think that she saw the dead body? Did I don't say. No, I guess they didn't necessarily say whether she saw it or not. <laughs> but when she found out there was a dead body in her hotel, she was not looking at the body when she heard that information. Yeah, versus the poor guy who had to find her. Versus the, oh, that poor two man. Two weeks. That poor man. Anyway, the ah! story. <laughs> I hate water. I had drowning nightmares after this, but that's because I'm afraid of the water. Another story. It's <laughs> they. It's it's a it's a terrible way to die. I mean, like it's it is a really sad story, but also somehow somehow Amy is still he guilty. Is so guilty. And so I she she calls her mom. But she's at work. What, no, didn't she say she's like, hey, mom, you might hear some bad things about the hotel I work for in the news. Something like that, yeah. And I'm like, I I would probably not call my mom if there was a work emergency. In fact, I know that I wouldn't call my mom if there's a work emergency because there have been plenty of emergencies <laughs> yeah. at the place that I've worked at. Like, the I'm not, not to the same degree. It's not like a dead body, but mm-hmm. like, I that's not my first goal now my first goal is not to call the police especially in my line of work yeah. but like if you find a dead body you have to like those are Unfo- those are the people that are right do now. unfortunately have is... to procedurally come to take care of the dead body or else you are maybe going to jail like you, you do <laughs> if there's a dead body you have to call the police so i don't i just it's very suspect that she called her mom first <laughs> And again, I doesn't don't blink. think she did it, she but doesn't she doesn't blink. blink. And the way she talks about the the Elisa Lamb thing is just kind of like, well, I'm really sorry to Elisa Lamb, but the hotel had nothing to do with it. And it always <laughs> kind of leads back to like, the hotel had nothing to do with it. What I'm bad like, press. Poor me. <laughs> I I agree, but you keep saying it, and that is what concerns me. I'm like, I think we all know that, like, it's not the hotel's fault. Do that we? She, and, and <laughs> I knew before this woman opened her mouth. <laughs> like, I know that, you know, you can't, you can't close off every exit in 
a hotel because people do have to be able to exit in case of an emergency. And also, human beings are, you know, they, they can make their own choices. <laughs> They're, it, you, you know, it's a place for adults to stay. It's not a, it's not like a group home for kids. And so, like, if there's signs places and someone willfully ignores those signs, unfortunately, even if they are in the middle of a crisis, then there's not much more the hotel can do. And so I'm like, with the basic facts... Of course, it's not the hotel's fault, but but the way she keeps you saying talk that about... it's not, and I'm like, okay, well now I'm curious. Now it feels like you're covering up the fact that the hotel had a major oversight <laughs> in this in this case. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think they did, but you don't blink, and that is so <laughs> suspicious. So scary. I also I I feel maybe I Amy feels very guilty to me but also I think she probably had the worst job out of all of these people except for maybe the person who actually found the body the like maintenance guy who found the body I to be fair running kind of a rundown hotel where you are a for-profit business but the for-profit business has decided that they're also going to function as like transitional housing for the homeless community outside but like you still have to make money and function like a business that's an impossible job that's an impossible job where you're always gonna have to be the bad guy because you're always gonna have to be harassing the people who are sort of in the transitional housing maybe just coming out of prison or just coming off of the streets and like that i it doesn't make it any less dehumanizing for the people living there. And I'm sure Amy has done some very not nice things to the people who were living in the transitional housing in that mm-hmm. hotel at the time. Yeah. But she's probably getting stuff from her supervisors all the time about how, like, you know, you have to make sure the guests stay separate. Like, the, the fancy, like, high-paying guests have to stay separate and, like... You have to make sure that people are having a good time and, like, good customer service and make sure they don't see too many homeless people in the elevators. And, like, what the heck is that? (laughs) She's not the most disadvantaged person in that situation, but she is still pretty disadvantaged. It's a terrible job. I don't think she's the most guilty of the people we saw. No, I don't. I've already made up my mind who's the most guilty. (laughs) (laughs) I do think, though, she she does land high. So basically, oh, wait, wait. we, we forgot to talk explain. about our scale, which is actually a so little bit complex. <laughs> I were very sidetracked. This was... <laughs> Yikes. Um, <laughs> Yikes. We're rating these folks on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being not guilty, 10 being, oh my god, where's the murder weapon? Um <laughs> Even though, again, again, Elisa <laughs> Lamb was not murdered, but somehow these people are still guilty. So we are not adding to the internet of people who are doing conspiracy no, theories. No, we don't not actually think any of these do. people killed her. Story facts alone, we are on the side of facts. Documentary in play. <laughs> so we're going to rip these, these people, people apart. are very guilty. <laughs> um, so I, would, I would give her, I don't know. Five at the five point they are guilty. We said yeah. So five and up, five and up. Guilty. You're guilty. <laughs> Four and down. You're not guilty. With one being like the not guiltiest was not even involved. Um, ten being yeah. Where's the murder weapon? And then yeah. <laughs> Above five is guilty. Below four is She's not guilty. She's definitely above five for me. I was She's gonna kind say of a six or a seven. I'm gonna go with seven. It was seven. Okay, we can go with seven for Amy Price. She's not like, oh my god, I. Uh, Maybe she didn't do it, but she was an accomplice. (laughs) She does feel like she was an accomplice. I don't think she killed her, but she knows some stuff that she's not telling us. There's no motive with no Amy. That's the thing. Is like, I. She just feels guilty, and there's not actually any motivation for any like. Well, there's not any motivation involved. for anybody. There, there isn't really like. That's not what we're doing. It would all have to be personal. It's crazy. <laughs> I think we should talk about Pablo next. Okay, let's do it. Pablo was Pablo Morbid Vergara was not guilty. You dumb whores on the internet. <laughs> so what the hell? In the documentary, he is the singer guy. He was, he is a singer. He wrote some 
heavy metal songs. That and sounded vaguely connected Internet to this case. Internet sleuths freaked out. But they really weren't. And were like, he's absolutely guilty. He went to the Cecil Hotel at one point in his life. Facts are, he was there three years before this three happened. Three years before this happened. But the internet sleuths did not care. And, and he they wrote a attacked. song that vaguely sounded like he talked about, I, maybe there was talk of drowning in the song, although I think it was just talk of being underwater or no, something it was like so, that. No, it was just talking about like a Chinese, it was called China. Oh, Okay. So, like, these internet sleuths are also a little racist. <laughs> yes, they are. He wrote a song that some people on the internet thought connected to this case, and the fact that he went, stayed at the hotel three years before, they somehow got it in their heads that this poor man... He also, in some of his videos, he, he does have creepy makeup. I'll <laughs> give him that. Um, and then he also has images of serial killers in his back wall while he's filming, which, like, I don't personally <laughs> love. But also, a ton of people have super weird obsessions with yeah. serial killers. It, it, the and thing like, is, he's not the only, like, scary person on the internet. Like, exactly. And like, the internet has scary like, things all over the place. <laughs> Usually people who are like, ooh, Ted Bundy, are not actually serial killers because, like, they're not going to be forward about that. So these (laughs) internet sleuths basically just cyberbullied this guy until he was so emotionally tormented. Like, he had to go to therapy. He didn't have to go. Did he check himself into, like... I don't know if he checked himself into somewhere, but, like, he definitely went to therapy and he definitely tried to take his life. That's right. Which was really sad. It's so sad. It's very sad because the internet sleuths were just bullying they him. They were so... They, Evil bullying. And he had nothing to nothing do with to this do case. With it. And he came and was like, I wasn't there. And they were like, you liar. They were like, you liar. You were there. He was so people, sad. He doesn't write music private investigators. Yeah, he doesn't write music anymore, which, like, I wasn't a big fan of his music, but I'm not a heavy metal person, like but it. some people like heavy metal. And it was his passion. Yeah. He really liked he it. He liked it. He was just and a normal person. doesn't do it anymore because these internet sleuths hammered into him that he killed this woman Ugh. who died of... Not natural causes, but died uh, at no one's hand. No one killed her. No one killed her. She was her. not murdered. Which I think... Okay, so we're gonna... I, I think we should just give him a one not guilty. Not guilty. I'm so sorry. Not guilty. I am so sorry for all the stupid you internet sleuths. Internet sleuths. You are the worst. You heathens. What is Get wrong out. with you? You don't have all the facts. Like, just stop trying to solve the case with Poor information you don't man have. Is so tormented. You are not a private investigator. Go get your license if you care about it that much. <laughs> you can get a private investigator's license. But, like, actually take the time to do it the right way. Don't just bully people on the internet. It hurts. Yeah. You don't know what you're saying. You... Ugh. It was devastating Stupid to innocent. see. So he's very innocent. He's and very we're here innocent. to say that you are not guilty, yeah. sir. Pablo Vergara, we were very touched by your testimony yeah. in this documentary. It was one of the realest parts. I'm I can't so believe he went on this. I mean, like, I'm good for him because he's like, I really didn't do it, guys. Yeah. And so, like, like I'm, I'm glad so that he's, like, sorry that able that to happened talk about to you. It, and I'm like, glad that you're able to talk about it. I hope you start writing music again. I do I'll too. even listen to it. No offense, probably won't like it. It's not my taste, but I really, really want you to start writing music again. I love that you're doing what you, or love that you did what you love. I hope you get to do it again. Yes. Um, Which I think we should actually, at this point, bump right on down to Tim Marcia of the LAPD. Yes. Because I think we should save the best for last, first of all. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad. Then, I thought she was going to go somewhere. And I think this is a good so segue, because... While I do not think these internet sleuths deserve too much defense, um, this case went on for two weeks <laughs> because, and this isn't even actually the issue with this specific person. The specific person looks guilty for no reason. I feel like at all. maybe we should talk about the LAPD and then like yeah, let's this talk guy. about the LAPD first because the LAPD you unironically, are guilty. unironically not on our scale of like how guilty do you look for no reason at all is guilty in this case not of, not of killing, killing Elisa Lamb but of absolute detective negligence. Like yes, what in the 
help, bad detective work. They literally were on the roof of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Elisa is dead in the water tank. Mm-hmm. And they just don't look, look up, up there. They just don't look they don't up look on up. the water tank. They have dogs. They have dogs that, like, sniffed her stuff. First of all, like, yikes, LAPD dogs. What What is happening? Are you, are you literally only good for, like, attacking black people who didn't do anything in the streets? What? You can't Why sniff you out mean? this damn... Oh or my did God. they? And they just didn't look up. We don't know <laughs> like what they did. They the were not LAPD honest about what they did. could have ended this case... Two, two days after it happened. Two days after it happened. If they just looked better. If they just looked up. Just look up. Like, when you say search the whole hotel, search the whole damn hotel. Yeah. And just because you don't people have access to. That they would do it doesn't mean that the, you're trying to find a missing person. Exactly. It missing. wasn't... At that point in time, apparently, it wasn't code, or at least the hotel manager said this, so I don't know, maybe this is what she's covering up, is maybe she told the police that the water tanks were locked so they didn't look up there. They I still thought she should've. said that they wouldn't, weren't locked at that but point that, in time. But what she said was, that, like, protocol at that time, which was really only, like, five years ago. 2013? Or seven years ago. So, uh, is that what it was? It yeah. seems too short of a time for water containers to not have to be locked like and that just seems fake in general i'm like water tanks that people drink out of should not be able to be opened by just anybody yeah. especially if like especially hotel it's easy to get onto the roof <laughs> but like also there's sketchy. a ton of stuff about hotels uh, that so is, like, amy sketchy, may so. be sketchy again <laughs> yes but that doesn't ever still excuse the lapd because what if, what at this point in the case, when they were searching the hotel, they didn't know what happened. There could have been a worker at the hotel that was like a secret serial killer and had murdered her. Anyone so like, could have been a secret someone, Even if the water tanks were locked, which they weren't, she could have, they, they could have, I mean, like, this was, I can't remember if the Chris Watts murder was before or after this. I don't know. I think it was after, but still, like, that, he he hid his, like, murdered bodies in a water tank. I still hate that. And I'm like, that, first of all, it's very gross, but second of all, it's not an unreasonable place to stash a body <laughs> if you're trying to get away with a murder. Because, first of all, it's going to dissipate any, like, fingerprints or forensic marks. Mm from you so it detaches you from the case so, so like, if, if grace murders someone for... look in the water tank. no <laughs> i would go into detail about how it's actually not that great of an idea it's just not an unreasonable idea but we don't so, have time for that look harder if you're gonna find grace's victims <laughs> you just when they didn't know how she died if potentially she was murdered it's not an unreasonable place to throw a dead body. So mm-hmm. the fact that they didn't look in there is absolutely negligence. Yeah. I know that and I am not a detective. I know but the... to check the water tanks <laughs> if there is a missing person. Yeah. Like, of course you would do that. That is a place to store a dead body where no one would notice for several days because you're not going to notice a smell. You're not going to see anything. And it's, oh my God. <laughs> Did you watch the movie Aquamarine? Yes. <laughs> Where the mermaid lived in the she water tower. She lived in the water tower. <laughs> Not I... gonna lie, I've had that thought. Was like, <laughs> like, Aquamarine? Aquamarine. But, like... Not dead. So, just so we're clear, the LAPD... Wait, no, the worst part about the LAPD... I am not ready to move on yet. Oh, go ahead. Because, so, you find out, the last episode, you're you're going in there and they're like... But they had told us... They had showed clips of when they were finding her body, and the LAPD goes and they talk to the media, and they go, oh, the water tank lid was closed. And so you're going through this whole documentary, and you're like, well, how did the water tank lid get closed? Right. Like, how did this happen? She wouldn't have been able to reach up. She wouldn't have been able to reach up and grab it. the water level was so high. And then why didn't she just get out and, like... Did yeah. she close behind it? Did the wind blow it? It's heavy. Like, how did how did that happen? And so the whole time, because they're trying to make an interesting documentary, they're like, the water tank was closed. And we're like, how did this happen? And then... <laughs> <laughs> at, the the at the end of the documentary, they go and they talk to the guy who found her, and they're like, is the water tank lit open or closed? And he was like, 
It was open. And so the police lied. Police lied. Lied because they didn't want to admit that they didn't look up. They didn't want to admit that they didn't look up on the water tank lip, first of all. So they created a problem that absolutely didn't need to exist because because of that, the whole world went insane. Because they're trying to find a murderer. And so they they're the ones that caused the problem for Pablo, the, the singer guy. Yeah. I told you I didn't know names. Pablo Vergara, um, again, doesn't excuse internet sleuths for happened, cyberbullying, <laughs> but it wouldn't have happened if the LEPD did because they, their they, damn they job. Because they didn't uh, fight him, like, I don't know the timeline exactly, but it wouldn't have been as bad, I don't think. No. If, when they found her body, they would have been like, it was open. If... Like, no. if, because of that, then the internet sleuths were like, okay, well, it was a murder. But if they had just been like, it was open, and like, we're bad at our jobs. So, like, maybe while, Pablo wouldn't have. <laughs> well, the LAPD did not murder Elisa Lamb, if we're looking for a villain in this story, it it's is absolutely, absolutely the, the LAPD. LAPD. Yikes, guys. What in the hell? Just and just admit when you're wrong. <laughs> like, people still think this is a, a like, mysterious case because of your absolute negligence. Because yeah. of your absolute negligence. And if we're gonna involve all of the stuff surrounding Skid Row, like, the reason why Skid Row is a quote-unquote sketchy place is also because of the LAPD. <laughs> like, all, the, the villain of this documentary is the LAPD, and they don't actually say it. Like, they don't actually make that extension, but I'm making that extension. Oh, yeah. They're the we, villains. We can make it. That's what our... So here's the thing with Grace and Carly. So here's the thing with Grace and Carly. The uh, LAPD is 10 out of 10 a villain. Yeah. Guilty, not of killing Elisa Lam, but of negligence that caused destruction of many other people's lives. Um, but Tim Marcia, interestingly <laughs> enough, were also not doesn't blink. actually angry at him specifically, <laughs> but like he is one of the LAPD officers they interview the most. He's guilty. another person that doesn't blink. Why does no one blink in this documentary? I what was know. wrong with the lighting? He's like, I I hate to be like. He's just scary looking, and so I feel like I think he's it was guilty. also the angle that they were he's filming. Also like, like sweating a lot, and like I don't know, his eyes flicked around, kind of like Peter Pettigrew's, and he doesn't seem. He see what he looks like, and maybe this is not fair, but what he looks like is someone who was asked to lie <laughs> about this case, who is not a good liar. Because <laughs> all the other funny. LAPD officers that they interviewed seemed perfectly confident in what they were saying. I mean, they didn't they seem were like, like nice garbage people. people. Uh, but they did seem very confident in the... Uh, <laughs> veracity of what they were saying i think that this guy knows it was the la i think the PD's tim knows fault. that it was la the lapd's fault and and so they were like but don't admit it because we will like come right. after you say sorry without admitting <laughs> guilt on the lapd's part and he's yeah. like oh my god i'm so stressed out how do i do this <laughs> and so he's he looks very nervous and i honestly think that's why yeah like i honestly think he did not have anything to do with elisa lamb's murder I, none of these people did <laughs> but like i do think he knows that the lapd has some owning up to do and Guilty. they just like threw him on camera <laughs> Why? They were like, you were on the case. <laughs> he was he like, please was don't like, make me do this. There were only four cops on this case. Please don't make me do this. I'm so stressed out. It was a huge oversight. He's like, it was my fault. So I think we can give Tim Marcia a six. Because, like, I don't think... Yeah, so LAPD, you get a 10. LAPD gets a 10. Tim Marcia gets a six. A six. Because he was, again, another accomplice. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think he did it, but I think he has something. He knows to something. <laughs> it was also stressful because he was like, "We have information. We're not legally allowed to give it to anyone." Right, exactly. <laughs> he did say that. He's like, "We have information on this, but we can't tell you." I'm like, "Well, then why are you here, Tim?" <laughs> yeah. 
but also just when you say that, I get that legally you have to say that sometimes, but it just makes you seem guilty. Right, exactly. And you're like, what is that information? Why bring it up? Why would you tell me you have something? Because if you it's can't not it relevant, me? you wouldn't have brought it up. So it's relevant to the case, and you're just you're not allowed to tell us. Mm, okay, sounds guilty to me. <laughs> he gets a six. And then I think we should cover really quickly Doug Mungin. Um, yes. He's not even, he didn't even look remotely guilty. He's no. so not involved in any of this. He was just Grace the just best. wants to talk about him. He was just the best part of this documentary because he's a Skid Row historian. And he Again, actually, another documentary that could have existed would just be about Skid Row and have this guy be the main guy that talks the most. I would just like him to narrate a documentary about how Skid Row became Skid Row. Yeah. Doug Mungin, are you listening right now? I would really like we that. We want a documentary As from you. Doug Mungin is someone who works with the unhoused population in Seattle. I would be so interested in that. I would start a Kickstarter <laughs> for it. So hit me up. I wanna. I wanna know more. I wanna pick your brain. And I, as her roommate, will also help. Yeah. <laughs> I'm involved. Doug Munchen, not guilty. Not guilty. But we all. just want to like tell you that you're great. <laughs> but spoke some real truth about Skid Row and kind of brought it back to how Skid Row is. They. They. It was. The, where they inputted his, inputted, blech, uh, <laughs> inserted his, uh, the meat of his, uh, his talking points was at the very end and it was kind of too little too late after they had yeah. so vilified Skid Row for being a sketchy, scary place for a young woman to be out mm-hmm. at night and kind of implied that maybe someone on the streets had just like grabbed her or had like given her some drugs, yeah. which by the way... <laughs> no one is going to give you drugs for free. <laughs> no one's gonna do it. No one's gonna. <laughs> and like, also, it's. I hate to say it, but like, if you look like it's not that nothing bad can happen to you. If mm. you were a young woman walking in a part of town where, you know, drug deals and other types of nefarious activities <laughs> happen, it's not like nothing bad can happen to you. I mean, go in aware but like alisa lamb it's it's not gonna happen like it happened in 80s after school specials where someone's <laughs> like would you like this piece of drug <laughs> what that doesn't happen like you kind of you have to have money <laughs> or something else that you're willing to trade drugs aren't cheap <laughs> they're illegal so they're very not cheap yes um but when Doug Mungin starts talking about Skid Row and starts talking about how it sort of became the way it is, it's a very interesting piece sort of about how, and he he talks about how many of the people who live on Skid Row struggle with similar things that yeah, Elisa Lam struggles with. Um and that goes unnoticed every day, and it really there is shouldn't. no Netflix documentary about There's it. There's no Netflix documentary about it, and there really should be. Um, but there also just should be aid for those people. Um, Doug Munchen also gets a one. Yes, uh, Not, if we're I will it, say but... if you want to know what happens in this case, and you don't want to listen to the millions of conspiracy theories, just watch the last episode. Watch the last episode because you'll find out what happens with the case, and you'll get like. It's not fun, but you'll get a really interesting sort of tidbit on Skid Row and how it became how it is today. I mean, they literally, they penned off this very small neighborhood specifically for the homeless people so that the rest of L.A. wouldn't have to interact with it, which is not unlike what a lot of cities have done Maybe not to quite the same extent, Mm because literally they would, like, police, LAPD, would bar homeless people from leaving Skid Row, which is just a mess. Um, But also, it's, it's, it's not dissimilar to what happens in the rest of this country, because homelessness makes people uncomfortable, but no one actually wants to do anything about it. Um... And you get a really, really unique view of what that looks like in Los Angeles in the last, like, ten minutes. Yes. <laughs> uh, too little, too, too late, little. Especially I say, after to the producers of this documentary. But a uh, bankroll yeah. Doug Mungin to do a yeah. uh, documentary actually about Skid Row. We want, we want that. 
And absolutely the opening credits of the documentary should be Skid Row from Little Shop of Horror. <laughs> because just opportunity as you can't have funny without a dash of serious, you can't have serious without a little dash of comedy. <laughs> um, Maybe we should just make our own documentary, Grace. We'll move up in the Skid world. From, from podcast to documentary. I don't think we're qualified for that. We'll find qualified people. We just... Go around with the camera and find them. We're going to go around Skid Row in Los Angeles with the camera. And we're going to find Doug. He's going to help us out. Okay. Doug, I hope you're <laughs> listening right now. You help us make a documentary about something we know nothing about, so get ready. Um, we're okay. I'm going to okay. close the subject on Doug Mungeon and yes. just say, please make a documentary about Skid Row. I want to see it. Yes. Um, but do it well. Don't do it like this documentary. And this also documentary find garbage. really good like, action items for people to be able to like plug in and, and help and try to fix the problem, both structurally and with, like, boots-on-the-ground effort. Yeah. But okay. we're going to move on. We're going to move on to, to the, the, the king. The most guilty. Most guilty. The most guilty person in this documentary. Uh, if is... anyone remembers, um, we vaguely touched on some internet sleuths. Yes. these were They the brought people... internet sleuths onto this documentary. And just so we're <laughs> clear, we don't know if John Sobani was one of the people who actually cyberbullied Pablo Vergara. No. Um, I don't prob- I don't think he probably was. No, Maybe. he was busy murdering. <laughs> John Sobani is so interested in this murder case that he has cast himself as the murderer. The way he talks about this case is what did you remember what he said a little bit better than I do? I just remember I... him like looking at the camera and being like my life was consumed by this case. <laughs> yeah. And this was two weeks, mind you. Like, it wasn't years. And it is not the Black Dahlia murder. This was two weeks of two an investigation weeks. that didn't even have to be as long he as it was. He did not know her. He is not related to her. He just is a person. He founded the Facebook group to find her. On Facebook. I think he talks about how, like, the Facebook group really gave him, like, meaning, meaning in his in life. life. And, like, I'm like, oh, I God. I think I, he killed her. I, I know that she wasn't her. murdered, but I think But I'm pretty sure her. you murdered her. Because he, he got so invested so fast, so fast. in this stranger. And he was one of the ones, I think, who went and stayed at the hotel, Oh, yeah. Right? He said he went so many times. He went, yeah, he's gone He's back. gone there so so many, many times. times he's gone back to the place of the murder, which is a which is a murderer thing uh. to go back to the scene of the crime. Terrible, get chills just thinking about. It. He definitely murdered. Like, he didn't, but he definitely. I can't did. quite explain it to you. If there's ever a reason to watch this documentary, <laughs> it's literally just to see what we mean because it's hard to describe sometimes. It it's just the it, way even in, in the... which he interacts with this murder case is with like morbid fascination whereas yeah. every other internet sleuth it's i they're very self-important but you can tell they're like i'm trying to be Mulder and scully like mm-hmm. i'm just i fancy myself a detective even though i'm not one yeah like i would like the glory of solving this case and it's yeah. like a puzzle for me it's like a it's it's something to do with my spare time yeah but this guy was personally this guy's life he was so distraught when they didn't give him the coroner results, like, on time. That's he, right. was he was distraught. He was so upset. He was so emotionally He's affected so... by this case that had absolutely zero zip zilch nothing to do with him. He was like, my community came together and like, <laughs> we're here for her. And we're like, community? what community? People who were vaguely interested in an extended investigation of a death in los angeles for two weeks (laughs) you killed her it just feels like he is like obsessed with his own crime (laughs) as some murderers are yeah and no there's no tangible evidence that he killed her again all other tangible evidence points to the fact that she 
was, I mean, we, we know this for a fact. She had bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. She was Off on a couple different medications yeah. and she had stopped taking them, I think, the day, a day or two before. That's what, yeah, the coroner was she like. Was on, the... She was on a couple antidepressants and an antipsychotic and she was not taking them. The coroner said they didn't find, they didn't find nearly as high a trace as you're supposed as you to when someone is taking regular doses of this. And like... Her behavior absolutely, absolutely mimics is the wrong word. Is that of somebody who is sort of going through an episode of psychosis Mm -hmm. because of an unmedicated mental illness? And it was the elevator video. That's what people were like. There's a person there. And they're like, there's a foot. I'm like, that's her foot. That's her foot. That's her her foot. It's so, like, the things that people see, it's ridiculous. People went insane. Like, it does look like she's talking to another person. Absolutely. When someone is in psychosis, oftentimes they do talk to people that you can't see. Mm -hmm. It's very real to them. Mm -hmm. You can't see it. Like, that's, that is, that is just a very, very common symptom of psychosis. And so, like, it's. Absolutely everything that they concluded this case with. I'm like, yeah, that totally checks out. But this guy's guilty. But this guy is still so guilty. <laughs> oh my still god. So guilty. I can't believe if he hasn't killed her, he's I killed fully somebody understand how this person died. Again, very, very tragic. Probably yes. was running away from a perceived threat that was not actually physically tangible and felt like the best place to hide, to stay, was the water tank. And Obviously, that ended extremely poorly. Like, a, a horrific death. It's terrible. And it's... It's terrible that she was gone for so long, too. It's terrible that she was gone for Stupid so long Petey. and no one knew. That's awful for her family. Yeah. It is important also to, you know, continue to talk about mental health and destigmatize mental health after this documentary. Again, all those things are true. And yet, this man, John Sobani... Is He's so guilty. Give I him a ten. I can't believe that I fully understand how this death occurred, <laughs> and I still think, even though factually there's no way it's correct, this man murdered this woman. The, like, the, again, watch the last episode. Watch because, the last episode. Because All he, becomes clear in the last episode. He, it's clear, but he's still so guilty. Yeah, like they're like, okay, wrapped up. No, when any I say- final thoughts, and he's like, yeah, man. I'm sorry that you didn't figure out it was me. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> you killed her. Like I, I don't know. I just put put that man on a watch. <laughs> just make sure that he isn't murdering people the same way. Right. And I want to reiterate because we are not trying to be the internet slaves who framed Pablo Vergara. No, no, absolutely <laughs> nobody did nobody it. Nobody murdered, murdered anybody. Elisa Lam. Amy Price is not guilty of murdering Elisa Lam. Tim Marcia is not guilty of murdering Elisa Lam. And John Sabani is not guilty of not murdering guilty. Elisa Lam. But goddamn people, how do you look so guilty <laughs> in in a case that you clearly had nothing to do with? I don't know how you did it. Well, I kind of get Tim. Wait, no. PD? Who's... Tim. 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 He makes a little bit more sense. He looks guilty because of LAPD reasons. But, like, Amy, manager. Amy, you you didn't didn't do anything anything wrong. wrong. Why are you acting like you did something wrong? (laughs) Internet sleuth... You weren't around. You weren't even involved. You weren't even in around. It. How do you look so guilty? Why, why you are you pretending to be guilty? <laughs> what do you? I feel like you need a new hobby, or like maybe you really do want to become a de- detective. Then go be a detective. Follow your dreams. That's kind of like yeah, but like go be a private. Inv- a lot of these people, I'm like, okay, well, if you really like solving cases this much, go get your private investigator's license. Yeah. Go get it. Go get it. Go is live that, your dreams. Isn't that too much work for you? Oh, well then don't solve forensic crime cases. <laughs> it's not that hard. Uh, and maybe blink. Yeah. Get, get, if you have irritating contacts, wear glasses. Yeah, wet your eyes, Just, folks. Dr- eye drops. Do something. Everyone, please blink. Just Please blink, blink right it's now. good for your eyes. <laughs> you should blink. So our scores ended up with... Uh, Pablo Vergara 
getting a one, not guilty, not guilty whatsoever. Amy Price getting a seven, like pretty guilty. Still but absolutely accomplice. didn't murder this woman. <laughs> Did not murder like, her. We're not trying to get out. The, looks nobody very send death threats for no reason at all. Yes, please don't send these people death threats. This is for the most part all in good fun. I, these people were brave to go on this documentary and it maybe isn't fair for us to rip them <laughs> apart but like we couldn't not talk about it because it was just so pervasive in this documentary and perhaps it is all the filmmakers fault so filmmakers oh yeah thin the, ice. The, the angles that they use and the underscoring of the music and the lighting, was, and the lighting oh. was to make it seem like you said sensational, sensational. They, were, they were like, like look at this case and that's why they did that's why they showed thousands of conspiracy theories like yeah. the one about tuberculosis because her name is like backwards the scientific i was like that's a stretch <laughs> and they're like and then tuberculosis happened but, like, again, just a conspiracy theory, not real. Yep, all of it Why are you like theories. this weird filmmakers? Make a documentary that matters. Yes. <laughs> Tim Marcia looked uh, 6 out of 10 guilty. Guilty. Um, again, you were hiding something. I, but that, I think, is easily <laughs> explained true. by the fact that the LAPD didn't do their job. 11 out of 10 and are actually still, guilty. They showed up to this documentary to tell people they didn't do anything wrong when it's very obvious that they did. LAPD, yeah. get your shit together. Yeah. Get your shit together. Or just don't exist. Or just don't exist. <laughs> Defend the police. Demolish the police. Um, <laughs> John Sapani, absolute 10. Internet sleuth is... Internet sleuth is so guilty. And all you other internet sleuths, get a job. <laughs> also that. <laughs> or, like, find a hobby that, like, you can do successfully without, you know, ruining other people's lives. Just don't make Pablo sad. <laughs> don't cyber bully people. <laughs> If your hobby involves cyberbullying people, get a new get a hobby. Get a new hobby. Good God. But, but Internet Sleuth main guy, you're guilty. And then Doug Mungin, you weren't guilty you at all. You were guilty, but we like you. We like you and we want to hear more of your thoughts. <laughs> Give this man a platform. <laughs> he can come on our, our podcast. He can come on our podcast. But Doug Mungin probably does not want to come on our podcast. But on the off chance That's that you so do. so mean to us on our Mun- podcast. I'm personally offended. Grace is kicked off the podcast. Here's so here's the thing with Carly. <laughs> Even though Grace talks about it. It's my catchphrase. I know when I made you make a podcast. You can't steal my catchphrase. <laughs> it's Grace's catchphrase. Grace talks the most, but I absolutely am the one who pushed us to have a podcast. Doug, you're so welcome to come on our podcast at any time. I do not expect you to actually want to, but if anyone the invitation knows Doug. is open. All right. All right. And think we're calling that good yes so we did it we did it we talked about the guilty people of the not guilty guilty people hotel um again this is a serious issue um mental health is something that is so stigmatized Mm -hmm. especially in this country but in the world um it would be a lot easier to talk about subjects like this and a lot easier to sort of make documentaries about it if it wasn't such a taboo subject yeah um also do some research if you're not going to watch the documentary and even if you watch the documentary on the history of the homeless population in skid row there's a lot of interesting stuff that was said in the documentary but a lot more interesting stuff outside the walls of the documentary Mm mm-hmm so there's some dashes of serious for you. Good. We had our call to action. We did it. Yep. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Well, thank you all. We'll be thank back. Thank you for joining us. We will be back. Someday. Hopefully next week, although this is starting to become more of an every two weeks thing. Sorry, it's... our lives are busy. And our schedules are bad. <laughs> our schedules are bad. None of us have the same weekend anymore. It's so sad. It's very sad. feel bad for us. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho, thanks for listening, listening. and we'll see you around. around. Follow us on the Instagram. (laughs) Yes, we are under Holiday House Productions, um, and we post updates about this podcast, so definitely, uh... Definitely look us up. And then sometimes Grace makes little polls, so then participate. Yeah, vote and stuff. Vote and tell us your information. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye!